Merry Christmas, everybody! Merry Christmas! Yeah, Merry Christmas in the house, online, True Worth. It is so good to be see, to see you, and I will tell you, it's nice to be seen uh, standing up. Uh, uh, if you've not had this COVID thing, I tell you, stay as far away from it as you can. And if you get it, hopefully you just get the non-taste thing and the non-smell thing. And for those that are at home that are wrestling with this, our prayers are with you. Uh, I want you to know that we're aware uh, of the, what you're experiencing right now, and just you hate not being here in worship, uh, but, you're, but you're where you need to be, either protect yourself or to protect others, and uh, we're just glad you would join us online, wherever you are, True Worth, and those that, that are in the house. Uh, it's my privilege to welcome you. Uh, I know many of you, uh, Christmas is a very busy family time, and sometimes you have to fit in doing this because your schedule is so full. So the fact that you would take time to share a part of your very important family time with us uh, is not taken for granted. And so we say thank you. And uh, I'd love to meet you afterwards if you're new, if you're from out of town and your family's been bragging about you for a long time and just to prove you really exist, I'd love to meet you, you know, out there in the crossing if that would chance or a visitor. And again, just, just thank you for coming. Uh, we're, we're going to be looking at one verse uh, this afternoon in the Christmas story. Just one verse. It's a, it's a promise made by God about a hundred years, hundreds of years before Jesus was ever born through a prophet named Isaiah. It's a very powerful little verse. In fact, I'm, we're going to look at one little verse, but really just one little word. A very powerful little word, a simple little word in that verse. And I'll read it from Isaiah 7:14. It's really a prophecy through the word Isaiah, and we'll put it on the screen, but just, just, just hear this word of the Lord. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin, that is Mary, will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. Now, that word right there, Emmanuel, in the Hebrew means God with us. Say that with me. God with us. Say it again. God with us. What a beautiful prayer. That could be your prayer. I want to focus for a moment just on that middle little word, with. Not God above us. Not God around us. But God with us us. Each and every one of us at children, we learn being alive means at some time in our life, we're going to be alone. I mean, how many of you parents remember your kids waking up in the middle of the night, aware they were alone, and they came to come crawling in your bed, Right? How many of you remember your college kids came home and they woke up in the middle of the night <laughs> and they just came in? No, hopefully that didn't happen. Never, never happened. <laughs> Nobody wants to admit feeling lonely. Nobody wants to be alone. Nobody wants to be that kid in the cafeteria who sits alone, eats all by themselves. Nobody wants to do that. That's why during this time of COVID, when so many students are having to make a decision, do I, do I go to school on site or do I go to school at home? They go to school at home. 
because at school now you got to eat alone by yourself in a corner of the cafeteria or the room by yourself and nobody wants to sit and eat alone those that are at home by yourself do you there's an infamous scene in the movie Forrest Gump where Forrest gets on the bus to go to school and he's walking down the middle of the aisle of the bus and he's trying to sit down. And every time he tries to sit down, someone says, seat taken, seat taken, seat taken, seat taken. And you can see on Forrest's face how lonely he feels that there's no place for him to sit. Until finally, one little girl named Jenny, she kind of passed a seat and says, you can sit next to me. And all of a sudden, Forrest's whole countenance changes and he no longer feels alone. Because now he is with Jenny, and he feels like God actually sent Jenny as his angel, his guardian angel, to be with him. You see, Christmas is about being with family. It's about being with friends. It's about gathering at these parties and festive gatherings and large crowds and groups of people. Or is it? On a normal year, social media this time of year would be plastered with all these big, fun, large gatherings of people posing, all their celebrations, and just lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of people. You see them and you feel lonely. <laughs> but it's not a normal Christmas, is it? On a normal Christmas, uh, someone who is fighting depression someone who's going through a breakup in a relationship, someone who is still looking for the right relationship, a couple who have not yet been able to have children, or someone who is grieving at their first Christmas the death of someone they love so dearly. On a normal year, Christmas can be one of the most loneliest times of the year for people. In fact, COVID year 2020 may be the loneliest Christmas in history for many, many people. See, some of us have this idea, though, that, that loneliness is something that somebody else can take away. That if I could just find the right person, that they could take it away from me, and I will no longer feel lonely. Elvis Presley, the great theologian, wrote this in one of his songs. I'll have a blue Christmas without you. You see, we think that if I can just have the right people in my life, I will never, ever, ever, ever have to experience this thing called loneliness, which no one ever wants to experience. And yet I would contend that there is a loneliness within each of us that no human being can ever take away. I mean, ever take away. I think my first dawning awareness of this was when we first started having kids in our house with Dallas and I. And it kind of caught me off guard. Because the birth of each one of our sons was nothing short of a miracle. It was a great, joyful experience. And I, I remember holding each one of those little boys and just being overcome with joy and tearing up and everything. But I remember with Justin, the oldest, uh, kind of struck me off guard. All of a sudden, I'm holding him, and I start, I picture the whole arc of his life just passes by me at once. And all of a sudden, I'm telling Dallas, I say, I'm holding now this little kid, and he's so perfectly pink, and his skin is so smooth, and in 30 or 40 years, he's going to look old and wrinkled just like me. I mean, it's going to be like that. And he's going to be alone, and I can't protect him. He's going to go to school and be alone. He's going to fail a test and be alone. He's going to get rejected by a girl and feel alone, and I won't be able to be there. And then one day, I'm going to die. 
And he's going to be here with our three boys, our whole family, and our grandkids, and we won't be here. And then they're going to get old, and they're going to die, and I won't be there for them. And she says, give me that kid. You're creeping him out, you know. <laughs> but, man, in that moment, I went, whoa. Some great, greatest thinkers of our, our day and time has, has said that loneliness is just inevitable for the human being. In fact, Jean-Paul Sartre, the philosopher, he puts it right like this. Uh, we are lonely because we are meaning-seeking creatures, but we live in a meaningless world. The great biologist, put it up here on the screen, Richard Dawkins said, we are lonely because the universe offers no design. It offers no purpose. It offers no hope, just pitiless indifference. But the message of Christmas is different. The message of Christmas is that God created you. In the opening chapters of the Bible, it said God created, and he created us male and female. In Psalm 139, it said he knit you together in your mother's womb. And we're told in those opening chapters, Genesis 22, he said, I hate people being alone. It's not good for anyone to be alone. And he created his man and woman for relationship. And it turns out that in this thing called the Bible, the central theme throughout the entire Bible is God wanting to be with you and me. In fact, there's an Old Testament scholar that read through the Hebrew Scriptures and said he found 114 times where God says in the Bible, I will be with you. Don't be afraid. You don't have to go through this life being lonely. I'm with you. Ever. And then he paints all these pictures of how he's going to do it. And he talks about, hey, I want you to go build this temple. And when you build this temple, it's going to be like my house on the earth. And I'll come down there and be in that temple with you. And when you gather to worship, I'll be there with you to hear your prayers. I'll be with you there to receive your worship. I'll be there to give you guidance through your worship. I'll be there in the Word. When you read this book called the Bible, I'll be there with you in the middle of that. And then all of a sudden, it's like God says, that's not good enough. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to leave heaven, and I'm going to come to earth in the flesh to be with my sons and my daughters, to be with them. And all of a sudden, the biggest miracle in the world really is a little miracle. That's Christmas. It's Jesus. It's called Christmas. And here's the miracle. We're Almighty God, the personhood, the presence, the power, the majesty, the bigness of God is reduced down into this small, tiny, little embryo that's born in flesh and blood as a tender, fragile little baby and first appears to a little peasant teenager that nobody knew her name, but now everybody does. Her name was Mary. And he was with her, Emmanuel, God with us. And as it turns out, that little word with, Emmanuel, God with us, turns out to be Jesus' signature word. It's almost like he could sign it, just with, and you would know who it was, with, with, with. In the opening chapters of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it says that Jesus has these people start following him, these motley crew of fishermen and tax collectors, just a bunch of ordinary people and 
But he finds 12, and he says, hey, listen, I want you 12. I appoint you to come follow me. And it says in the Scriptures, so you can be with me, with me. Then over in Acts chapter 3, when Peter and John just kind of stood up with such boldness and excitement and spoke with power, the religious authorities could not believe they spoke like that, and they took notice these were unschooled, ordinary men who were with Jesus. That just, that, that's his word, with. And when you read this, this thing called the Bible on the middle, on the in-between, you see all these different ways that he is with people. The most incredible things come that was with that actually got him killed. See, he hung out with beggars. He hung out with lepers. He hung out with prostitutes. He hung out with immigrants. He hung out with the enemy soldiers. And they killed him because of that little word called with. At one place they said he hangs out with tax collectors and sinful people. They meant it as a, as a, as a curse. He thought it was a badge of, badge of honor. And because of with, they killed him. They put him on a cross. He died. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. And then he has these very powerful words at the very end, the very last sentence in the very last verse of Matthew. You know what it is? And lo, I will be with you. And some of you go, well, how can someone who is dead in bodily form and just live in a spirit, how can they be with you? I will tell you, somebody can be with you physically and not really be with you. Somebody can be sitting right next to you and not be there mentally or emotionally. Their mind, we call those people husbands. <laughs> they're there, but they're not really there. But now Jesus is saying that because now I am no longer just flesh and blood, because I became like you, and I died upon the cross, and I was risen from the dead, now I have this spiritual body, and I can be in multiple places at one time, and I can be with you, 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 and I want to be with you. In fact, that'd be a prayer for you this morning. I try it tomorrow morning when you wake up. Tomorrow morning when you wake up, here's your prayer. Jesus, be with me. I will tell you, when I was in the worst part of COVID and waking up in the middle of the night and what I was experiencing, sometimes that was just my prayer, Jesus, be with me. That was it. He wants to be with you. He'll be with you in your thoughts. He can be with you in your suffering, be with you in your family, be with you at work. Be with you in your play. Be with you in your marriage. Be with you in your singleness. Be with you in your growing up. In fact, when you read the Bible, you know who Jesus really loves to be with? The people that are sick. The people that are home isolated right now and you feel so alone because you can't get out of the house or be anywhere. He just loves to be with you even right now. He does. 
He just loves to be with people that other people aren't willing to be with and can't be with. He just loves to do it. And it's amazing. It turns out the, the, over the history, the, the unbelievable power of the invisible God, his presence in people's lives, let me tell you what it does. It may, it's, it's turned weak people into strong people. I've seen weak people become powerful people. I, I've seen people who are afraid become courageous. I've seen it happen. The, the, the presence and the power of the unseen God gives hope to people who are getting old and their bodies cratering and falling apart. He does that. I've seen it. He will. He's turned the deathbed into a bed of triumph. I've seen it with my own eyes. People who are addicts have been set free because they were with Jesus when nobody else could be with them and never set them free. There's just power in the presence of being with Jesus. Now, our loneliness gives us a clue about who you and I are. Anytime you think or feel like you might be lonely, and you will if you've not yet in your life. Sometimes you can be surrounded by a bunch of people and feel like you're the only one in the room. Our hunger lets us know we were made to eat. Our thirst makes us know we were made to drink. And our loneliness makes us know we were made to be with God. We are. There's an old Beatles song, Eleanor Rigby. It goes like this. All the lonely people, where do they come from? It's kind of a haunting question. But the answer is very clear. It's people who choose to live apart from the love of God. Because human beings will fail you. Human beings will let you down. Human beings will never measure up to your expectation. But God never breaks a promise. And he says, I will always be with you if you want me to. And that's the message of Christmas. God with us. And so maybe this Christmas, you're someone that for the very first time, here, while you just show up here tonight and you want to say, you know what, God, I would, I would like for you to be with me. I, I, I would like to experience forgiveness for all my wrongdoings and for all, my, all the stuff that I've done. All those secrets, you know, on the inside, those secrets on the inside that make me feel lonely, those, those things I've been carrying that nobody knows but I know, and it makes me feel like I want to hide because I'm embarrassed. I would be embarrassed if anybody knew. If anybody really knew the truth, see, you can trust God, God's high degree of confidentiality. You can just say, just tell him and say, would you please say, yes, I would love to be with you and forgive you and wrap my arms around you and tell you I love you. I would love to do that if you would let me. Just ask me. I'll be glad to. Or maybe you've been around church for a long time. But for the past few weeks or maybe months since March, you have felt like God has been far away. And you feel like God is so distant, and you just came to church tonight because you want open presence, and that was a stipulation. You had to go to church with the family, and you don't even care about being here. But now all of a sudden you're going, uh, you know, I hadn't thought about that before. Maybe I do want to be with God and God to be with me. 
And all you got to do is say, you know what, God, I'm ready to start all over. I think I'd like to go back and start over in this relationship. And I'd like to make in 2021, I'd like for it to be a totally different year. And I would like to begin 2021 with you right in the middle of my life being with me. You can do that. And if you need help doing that, there's one more great promise with promise in the middle of the Bible. It's in Matthew chapter 18. Here's what it says. It says, where there are two or three or more gathered in my name, there I am with them. So if you don't know how to do this Jesus thing by yourself, if not this church, you go find another church, or you find another small group of people, and you ask them to help you. And if you need help, we'll help you here because we might have a promise right here. This place right here we call this family. And we don't want anybody sitting alone in the cafeteria table. We don't want anybody going through anything in this life alone if you don't want to go through alone. And we will love you and meet you and beat you right where you are. And if not this church, I promise you there's some other church that will. You will. You know, it's ironic to me that in this modern world which you and I are in, and disease is going down, and do you know disease is going down? Do you know poverty is going down? Do you know hunger is going down? It is actually getting less and less and less. But and all that's going down, loneliness is going up. University of Southern California in San Diego did this research, and they found that today, three out of every four Americans privately admitted they experience a large measure of feeling lonely. It's become so prolific in Great, in Great Britain, even more than COVID. They now have a new government position called the Minister of Loneliness in the government, a new position to help take care of this issue in England. Here in America, we got this new thing in psychology. It's called pet therapy. Have you heard about it? Pet therapy. I mean, because we have found that people who have a companion, you'll go get a companion, an animal companion, because we're so lonely, and that pet helps us not feel so lonely. In fact, for the past 12 months, here's a star of the internet right here. Have you seen this star of the internet? That's Wiley the Dalmatian. Look at that little heart-shaped nose. Come on, parents. You got another Christmas present, one more to buy. Here it is right here. I'm just tempting you. Come on. Who could resist that, family? Come on. Yeah, somebody's going to hate me after a while. You're going to go home. You're going to go buy that dog, right? It's amazing. We'll buy dogs. People buy rabbits, goldfish. Some people get so lonely. They go off the deep end and even buy a cat. I pray for those people. I go, man, you're really lonely. <laughs> Whoa. It's just true. In fact, the recent research says here in America, this is sad, in the past 20 years, that the average American has 50 fewer friends today than 30 years ago, 50% fewer friends that they could really say they trust to confide some personal something that's really true in the deep part of their life. And then what do you do when tragedy strikes? What do you do? What do you do when COVID hits and you're self-isolated in your home all alone? What do you do? 
What do you do when your job goes away? They tell you to come back, we'll let you know. What do you do? What do you do when your spouse walks in the door and they say, I'm done? I'm finished. What do you do when out of the blue, your own flesh and blood is killed in an accident, gets sick? Or a parent or a grandparent gets diagnosed with COVID and all of a sudden, There's an aloneness that sets in with someone you loved so deeply. And so what do you do if you don't have the church? What do, you, what do you do if you don't have people in your life? What do you do? You see, and that's the message of Christmas. That God says nobody stands alone when life throws them a curve and knocks them in the dirt. I will be with you. And through your church, the body of Christ, this thing is called family. And we got a deal right here that nobody stands alone who doesn't want to stand alone. We'll be with you and with each other. So I just want to give that invitation to anybody. Again, remind you. We're going to start a new message series here in two weeks from now. I don't know quite yet what it's going to be, but I promise you it's going to be personal and meet you right where you are in your life. We'd love for you to come back and be a part of us here in a couple of weeks. It's, it's going to be a brand new thing. Yeah, it's just new series. Uh, that's all I could come up with while I was on my back in COVID. New series, yeah. We're going to do something new, God. Yeah, yeah. Let me pray with you. I want to give you just a second, just in case someone wants to say that little prayer that we just said a while ago. Uh, be with me, Jesus. Maybe you're home right now. You're isolated, protecting your family, protecting yourself. And you just need to say that right now online. True worth, you're homeless. Be with me, Jesus. Or maybe you're here in the room, online as well, and you want to pray this way. Hello, God. Would you be with me right now? Would you forgive my past? Would you forgive those things that I said that I wish I could take back, but they're out there? Would you forgive my regrets, my flaws, my brokenness, the mess that I've made in my life? Would you give me the gift of your presence? And while you're at it, God, would you give me a clean heart? While you're at it, would you kind of get rid of this stinking, help me with my stinking thinking? But most of all, will you give me a fresh start? Will you be my savior? Will you be my leader?
I want to start 2021 with you in charge of my life. I just want you to know that God loves doing that sort of stuff. He just loves it. Boy, and if that's you, please shoot me an email. Stop by and say hello afterwards. Write me a letter later on. I'd love to hear from you. We'll help you take that next step, whatever it is. So God, I want to end here by thanking you for the gift of your son. I thank you for being here with us during our worship. And God, I pray for the need of every single person here and every person who could hear my voice. I pray for every aching, every broken, every empty, lonely heart that you might be with them. Emmanuel. And I ask you to do this in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, we're not lighting candles this year because if we blow them out, you're going to be blowing stuff on people you shouldn't be blowing, right? <laughs> Here's one of the things I love about Christmas, and I remember it vividly. Going to bed and not being able to sleep. And my dad coming and just laying beside me. And just my dad being with me, I got real still and real calm, and I felt okay. God wishes to come right next to you and be with you and let you know it's going to be okay. 
He said, I'm the light of the world. And the darkness cannot overcome it. Share that light with the world. Could we stand and sing? Could we stand and sing that song, Holy, that, that uh, Silent Night, Sleep in Heavenly Peace? Sleep, sleep, sleep in Heavenly Peace. Silent night, holy night. All is calm, all is bright. bright. time together can we sing it silent night
And now may the love, the hope, power, and the joy of God be with you now and forever. And I charge you to go tell everybody else on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. Oh, yeah.